Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, look, great to be back as a three. The trio. It's not the same about you, Jane. Is that your intro, Rick? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just straight in. Straight in. in. Welcome Welcome to the Runners World Podcast. Me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. Well, there okay. it is. Just a different, a different order. A different order. We're just keeping people guessing. People think they know it's like 200 episodes in. They think they know they're getting. And 2023, anything can happen. Do we do it a different order normally? No, he was just at the beginning. He just started oh, riffing. Oh, right. I thought we meant our names. Like, I thought our names. Rick's always first, no, no. isn't he? God, Jane, we can't mess with the, <laughs> with the fabric of time. Imagine if I was first. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. It's like Lennon, Lennon and McCartney, isn't I it? Know. It's not, it's not... Um, Hi, Jane. Oh, yeah. All, all good. All good. Happy New Year. Is it too late to say that on the 9th? Um, it's, nah, it's okay. Uh, the 10th of January? Maybe. Oh, well, we the 10th. Said it. The 10th. Um, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. How's your Christmas running? Get out there in your Santa hat? <sighs> I didn't wear a Santa hat, but I did, um, I did go back to Essex and do some running and came to the conclusion that if I still lived there, I wouldn't run because I hate hills and you can't <laughs> go anywhere without encountering a hill. So I was like, this is not for me. Get me back to the flat, flat kind of bushy park that I'm used to. Um, but there yeah, did, did some running, did some hilly running. And yeah, what about you Stronger both? for it though. You'll be, your, it, your running will be just through the roof now. You've done true, I'm now like, you know... New goals. Forget the joy plan. Here to here to smash PBs after a Christmas of running. <laughs> but what about both of you? How was Christmas running? Christmas running was good, actually. You know, it's nice to um, have some time off from work and just go running. You're bit you're being modest, Ben, because you've actually come up with a book idea. I have. We were talking, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. So it's called the Unambitious Runner. <laughs> I like it. And uh, it's uh, it's centered around using every single run with zero purpose <laughs> so whereas whereas everyone refers to things being like junk miles or or not or not being sort of like part of a plan that's every single run is like that so yeah it's kind of no like plan. the equivalent of phoebe's running and friends yeah yeah it's probably the same technique <laughs> just the same just, technique just going oh, for style. it no yeah, no, no method no no plan. no i'm i'm going to adhere to the traditional new year new me and okay. oh, wow. and really just try and do do some different running I mean, when I say that, I mean like maybe like going, going backwards or something. What? Just no, have an actual plan, just an actual okay. plan okay. for something. Oh, wow. um, me and Rick have both got. Jane, are you doing the landmarks half? I am team oh, trip. Oh, all three of us. Are team doing trip. It. Yeah. So, should we team... do it like podcasting? 
No, oh god! God! No, well, no, listeners, no one I tried needs to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I want race? to um, train for that. With Three-legged some, race. Can we do a relay. Four-legged race. That'd be true. Oh, that'd be good. Actually, yeah, or like one of those boats. We could be like a boat or something. Oh my god! Should we dress caterpillar? caterpillar? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> oh, well, New Year's. New Year. It's new a me, really um a really wiggly course, so a caterpillar would really help us get some new listeners. I think. Okay. Well, that's good. We'd, that's what it's all about. We'd really make friends along the way as we trip people up with a big caterpillar. Let's do it. But anyway, look. Today we're talking about running adventures. Which is my kind of vibe because I think that you know that's that's a great use of running is to get out and and just have a, an adventure in whatever that, however that manifests itself. So um, Rick was asking me about running adventures, and I when I go back to Wiltshire in the countryside, I go and follow the yellow arrows for the um, like public footpaths because they kind of like get lost. They're sort of fairly neglected byways and highways of the countryside have sort of like been lost to farmland or people have just put barbed wire up for some reason because they don't like people so um i go off an adventure and try and follow those as much as i can and get a bit lost and and those are the sort of like little mini adventures you can have which i like doing i mean our guest talks about running very very far in different countries but um any running adventures you guys particularly i knew the ones that rick's i was gonna say oh. made but made is the wrong word encouraged uh, us encouraged, to do yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, Lon- the London's Peaks Relay was one, wasn't it, that we all did? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyone unfamiliar with that epic run, it was running to the highest point in every London borough as part of a relay. A bit like the sort of Bob Graham round, but in London and somewhat less impressive. Very much so. <laughs> Some would say. <laughs> Some would say. Bob would say. Some would say. Um, and then the M25, we've lapped that. Anyone? That's anyone true. ever gone around this it? Is- this is a this is a question though because Jane, you said before that you're you're definitely more of a road runner than a trail runner, and 100%. I wonder if terrain plays a, po- a part in. Can you have an epic road based adventure run? You probably can, but it doesn't. I feel like something about adventures says to me like rural, off road. Yeah, I agree. Because we didn't physically run on the M25, did we? We, <laughs> I have vivid memories of calling you in the middle of Epping Forest, being like Rick where's the path so um i think i agree every adventure we've seemed to do has been i think it is isn't it it's running through countryside i would disagree and say that uh, i think if you're going on a road that you've never been on then it's an adventure i think if it's like if you're retracing roads that that you run on all the time then maybe not but if i went and ran somewhere that i've never been and it was all road still i would definitely that's still adventurous yeah. We should put that on a t-shirt, shouldn't we? <laughs> what, a, what a t-shirt. <laughs> that quote. Here's, here's one for you. It's a hybrid of this. I, I started doing a bit of running on cycle network paths, which are a bit of a mix of like road meets like traffic free paths. That's actually, that's quite good that because there's loads of them. Pretty well signposted. I know, but I've done that and been absolutely, yeah, I've been screamed at by men in Lycra. So maybe, maybe you'll get away with it better than I have, but I've done that. I can run on a cycle path from my house to Wimbledon station and cyclists hate it. They really hate it. I'm not talking about cycle lane though here. Like I'm talking about like the cycle network. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, it's like a shared, yeah, yeah, like a shared juice, that stuff. It's James not like, in the, in the I'm not in the cycle lane. I'm not saying that. Why this can't you run in the cycle James. lane? What's no, not in like. Yeah, but like on when, yeah, fine. On if it's a on the pa- if it's a shared pavement, that's different. If you've jumped off the pavement and you're in that gap between like the oh no, I'm not like running road. in the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm I'm st- I'm still banging the drum for the running lane. Why haven't they got running lanes? 
Where where the running yeah. ends? Hey, anyone involved in that active travel? Stop talking about walking and cycling predominantly. Get your running, running in lane there would be as great, well. Wouldn't it? That's Just zone one or whatever, or zone yeah. two. What's you know? I think it Why? would be. Why is that so radical? Absolute disarray if you try to make a running lane on pavements. Imagine. I think people hate runners enough, don't they? Let alone if we try to make a running lane. <laughs> God, they tried to, <laughs> tried like to blame everyone for COVID times. Yeah, they tried to blame runners for COVID. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna hate a lane anyway. Oh, can I um, can I try out can I try out a running joke on you? Because it's now my job to do the running gags part in the um in the magazine, right? So here's what I've come up with. It's not very good. Um, what did the uh, running what did the running influencer do on their recovery day? I don't know. What did the running influencer do on their recovery day? Aqua blogging. Oh, I like it. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. You think that's good? No, no, oh, not a good one. I think you trying. make yourself laugh, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. Some nervous yeah. laughter that came with yeah. that joke. Like, like knowing it's bad. <laughs> yeah, like, wow. Has that been put in, into the actual magazine? You're going to have subscribers writing in, Jesus Christ. Well, maybe not, maybe not now, mate. No, I, I, use you, I use you two as a bit of a, as a sort of sounding board. See, if, see what you think. Yeah, well, good. Stick to the jingles, mate, is my advice there. Um, so, yeah, running adventures. Gavin's written a book, hasn't he? Run for the hell of it. All about um, running adventures ranging from 100k to 5k, 100 miles to 5k. So he, he knows more about it than, than us. And he loves my running gags and he wants a running lane as well. So a good bloke, really. Maybe we should just get from that. Let's just get Gavin on. <laughs> Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Gavin Boyd, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Great to have you on. Could you tell us a little bit about um, yourself and your experience with uh, running adventures? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I, I took up running fairly late in life, mid-30s. And being somebody who doesn't do things by half, my first run with other humans of any kind was the London Marathon. So I kind of began ambitiously and kept going ambitiously. Um, it, I ran a few, uh, so I basically ran a few marathons, didn't do, you know, especially as well as I had told, but I got generally a bit faster. And then uh, in 2015, I decided to run from John O'Groats to Land's End, which, which was great, uh, exhausting. Um, and I was filming it just to make it even more challenging. So th- there's, a, there's an as yet an incomplete epic documentary of that, of that adventure. Um, and then and then I met a partner and we decided to have another crazy adventure together. So we converted a Mazda Bongo uh, into a camper van. And together we traveled from Paris to Istanbul, except that I had to run it. <laughs> and my partner had to drive the van. Yeah. So basically I, I sort of developed a weird little niche for myself of having running adventures and then run, writing books about them. Um, and that's what I've been doing for the last few years, really, along with, you know, staking out a living as a copywriter, content writer, and occasional filmmaker. You also mentioned that you you filmed that the 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 the, the jog bit. Is that going to be a documentary as well? Is that the sort of idea behind the whole process? Yeah, that there's a downhill the downhill from here um, document feature documentary. It's way too long. I mean, I shot about 450 hours of footage, and then the first edit was 12 hours long. Which is, of course, insane. So I've, I've managed to get it down to a mere four hours, um, but I'm thinking it might be a series, a short series, um, and and maybe for any sort of extreme running festivals who can cope with a four-hour film, um, I might give them the full version. Must be quite hard though to condense that 
the level of that that sort of the scale of the adventure into such a into sort of just a you know in, yeah. a, in a 90 minute window it's quite you know there's you're going to have to have quite a lot of footage really to sort of do justice to the whole thing i think so i mean i i ran i ran all these amazing routes like you know the west highland way and the great glen way and the pennine way the southwest coastal trail all these sort of places i didn't do this just the roads the straight easy route well, easy the routes. quickest was it? Yeah. um so the scenery is spectacular so i thought you know i want to do it justice um and a lot of things happened, you know, a lot of things went wrong. There were injuries, there was me getting lost, they were falling out with the support crew and um almost drowning in a Scottish Scottish river uh in October. So that was fun. So all of these things are on film, believe it or not. I'm just trying to make sense of it now. Well, we look for we look forward to it. I mean I know that you obviously your latest book, uh, Run for the Hell of It, you you sort of look at fifty um adventures that you've that you had. Um so you are a good man to ask this next question to you. What do you think are some of the key ingredients of a good running adventure? What does it need? Um, well, I think you need to have a goal in mind, which is ambitious, for, you know, however you define ambition. So, um, you know, either takes you a little bit outside your comfort zone in terms of distance, or you're exploring a new place you haven't been to before, or you've set yourself some other sort of arbitrary challenge. Um, so it has to have that aspect of you're not sure if you could complete it. Uh, and you don't know what you're going to experience during it. Um, so if you have those two things, there has to be some, yeah, something extreme in, in however you define that thrown in there, I think, to take it over the edge from just being a nice run to being an adventure. Is, is, is distance like a key aspect of that? Do you think that's like the thing that people always think, oh, if I'm going to go on an adventure, I need to go really far? Or can it, is, does it for you, is the adventure just actually the the run itself and the sort of the bits you get to rather than like, I must run for 500 miles or something. Well, I mean, in the book, I, I go through everything from it's, uh, the subtitles is from 5k to hundred miles. So I'd never run a park run. I, I you know, I, I like running long distances. Um, I was a member of a running club for several years, but I'm not at the moment, but I'd never done a park run. So I thought, well, I should find out what this amazing phenomenon is like and, and just try it. Also, I'm rubbish again up on Saturday mornings. <laughs> I'm more of an e- I'm an early evening runner or an afternoon runner more than a, a morning runner. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going to do this, and it was just after the the park run reopened after the lockdowns. So I think they'd had maybe two, one or two before. The one I went to was absolutely pouring with rain, so that kind of gave it an edge of adventure as well. So I thought, I'm going to fall over on on my face, and it was just. It was actually really enjoyable, uh, but I'd forgotten what it's like to run 5K. So I'm used to running distances that's very slowly, you know, fairly slowly. And I realized that, no, I have a 5K pace and I have to find that again. Um, and I, obviously I didn't get anywhere near my previous PB, um, which was a long time ago now. But the, just that feeling of running flat out to the point of, you know, eyeballs bulging, utter exhaustion, that, that felt adventurous to me. And, even though I've done 100 miles and run across continents, that was it still discovered something new about running or rediscovered something. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What do you think the appeal, appeal is, Gavin, of like a, a DIY running adventure as opposed to an organized race? Yeah, well, I mean, in an, in an organized race, obviously, um, you're running along with other people. You have You have a wonderful experience, but there are certain parameters that will definitely be followed. There are cutoffs. There's there's um, aid stations. There's a, there's a structure to it. Um, in the self-set DIY adventure, you don't have any of that. None, none of that scaf- safety scaffolding. You know, you only have your own your own crazy definition of what this thing is. Um, at the moment, I don't know if you know. There's a runner, Candy something or other. She's doing like 32. She's doing an ultra marathon every day and she's done it for 65 days. I think I'm following her on Twitter and she's no intention of stopping. Apparently she's got a hundred mile race in two days time and that's going to be just part of it. I don't know how, but uh, yeah, so, so she obviously, she doesn't even know the parameters of that. She doesn't know when she's going to stop or at least if she does, she's not telling anyone. So I think it's, yeah, it's just about um, defining your own parameters and, and realizing that, you, that literally anything could happen. Um, even with the best support crew or the best planning, things are going to happen that you, you haven't scheduled for crazy weather or getting lost or just running out, running out of fuel in a place where you have to run at least another five or ten miles to get to anywhere that's vaguely civilised. I mean, is that is that sort of one of the great disadvantages of these things is the planning almost? Is that the sort of like the major downside? Because obviously there's the idea of just stepping out of your front door and I'm going on an adventure <laughs> like a hobbit like that and away you go like <laughs> um but reality is you've got-, you've got to be that kind of person who both likes planning and is willing to improvise when the plan goes wrong because it will go wrong. it will go wrong at some point um so for example when on the grand scale the the biggest thing you know the Paris to Istanbul I have, we have maps of the whole route or we have maps of what we thought could be a possible route. But when you get there, you find that Google Maps is trying to send you through the grounds of a French chateau, which is private private land, you know, and you have to do make a massive detour. Or what I, you know, one road in Bulgaria turned out to be, it hadn't been a road for at least 60 years, as far as I could tell. There were trees growing out of it, and huge chunks of it missing. You know? uh, so you can't, you can't even rely on planning um after a certain point because 
But unless you've, you know, unless you've flown a drone across the, the, the route that you're going to take, you just won't know what the, tra- the terrain's going to be. Kind of sucks the joy out of it, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Sending the drone out before you. I think you have to allow for uh, uncertainty and misadventures. They're part of the fun. In terms of misadventure, have you, have you ever taken on a running challenge that you later regretted or an aspect of a running challenge you're like I've, I've gone too far here this was a, this was a mistake um possibly i mean there's one in the book uh i do discuss one where i had to pull out because i decided on the on the longest night to try and run from london to gravesend and back and i just calculated how i wanted to run from dusk till dawn but instead of doing the sensible thing of doing dusk till dawn on the short on the the longest day i did try to do dusk till dawn on the shortest day which would have been eight, like 16 plus hours of running. And I got as far as Greenwich. I think I've managed about 30 miles or something. And I just ran out of steam. Just, I just completely, I was utterly fatigued. And I think it was drizzling. And it was that weird Christmas where everything was locked down. So the whole of the South Bank was like, London South Bank was a sort of ghost town with tinsel. <laughs> And, and chestnut sellers standing there with nobody coming anywhere near them. It, it was it was just weird. So it had this strange melancholy vibe. And I just ran out of steam and got to Greenwich Park. And like an idiot, I'd forgotten that obviously it's a royal park. It's closed. It's got gates. So I thought, oh, I can't run through Greenwich Park. That was going to be a highlight with my head torch. So I'm going to have to take a massive circuit. And then <laughs> I realized I still had 19 miles till the turning to the turning point. And I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. So I just had a episode of weakness of will and had to pull out but i thought well i've not even told anyone about this i haven't even put it on social media that i'm doing this so i don't have to finish it so i mean if, if it's going to be too horrible uh you're perfectly entitled with these self-set adventures to pull out in a way that you're not really you don't feel allowed you don't feel in, that you're allowed to do that on a race apart from very very rarely you do, there is this sense of guilt if you try if you dnf on a race i was just going to say do you think a kind of like a really important part of it or something that you would recommend people do is to just keep it to yourself. Like do have the adventures as a personal thing. Like don't put them on social or just keep it so that you're not, or certainly the first few, maybe you do it that way so that you're not adding any extra unnecessary pressure or anything like that to it. Yeah. Well, I think if you're starting something new, like you've never done trail running or fell running and you, and you start, you start doing it, you don't know how it's going to go, whether you're going to even like it then perhaps just keep it to yourself for a bit. After a while, if you've got a very grand ambition, one that involves, um, like if, if you're doing something for a charity, for example, or um, you need to fundraise for whatever purpose, uh, then it does help to put it on social media. For one thing, you'll be too embarrassed to not to do it <laughs> because you've told everyone in the world. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great motivator. <laughs> yeah, so I, d- I, have, I have used both strategies at times. Yeah, I remember my great challenge I took on, which was which was an epic failure actually. Was uh, I got into this idea of like um, walking to or walking or running to the highest point in every London borough, and I was, and I I done it over a few years. We just sort of ticking them off, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a grand loop in one go, and it was like I do it over four days. It was like a hundred, it's like 180 miles, I think, and uh, and I made the mistake of announcing it on social media. And I was like, and after, at the end of the day too, I was like, this is way harder than I thought it'd be. I was also going to wild camp as well. So that was the other element that was thrown in. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I ended up packing it in after um, day two. And I just did this, I just did the kind of south of the river 
virus it was quite an it was it was a, it was a good lesson in sort of maybe a sort of hubris and how it can come, come back to bite you if you uh if you underestimate the north london ones in particular do have a lot of uh a lot more hills than you expect <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it feels like it when you're kind of carrying a tent on your back as well anyway but i, I learned and I haven't, I haven't tried again um brick did actually make that into a, a collective relay that we did though so he did you know he he the solo adventure became a shared effort so is that something you know when you and you obviously you you, you adventured with your partner um does that make a, a good running adventure having sort of people with you to do it shared the sharing the adventure yeah well i i did um i did have a few um experiences of running with others uh, i ran with sean conway who i'm sure you know he was doing his 15 um he was running a marathon in every uh national park in britain or in in uh yeah, mainland Britain, and he was doing it uh, every day. So I think I joined him with a whole bunch of other people on this on his thirteenth. So it was rather, it was very nice to meet him because he'd written some very kind things about my one of my books. I just wanted to thank him. Uh, obviously, I'd read his stuff and sort of followed his adventures. Uh, and he's quite an inspiring, sort of self-set, self-motivated adventurer. Um, and he doesn't you know, think of himself as like a fast runner or anything. And certainly by 30, after 30 marathons, he wasn't leading the pack, put it that way. But it was just really good fun to meet all these fellow crazy uh, runners who do, who set themselves these strange challenges and then follow through on them. Of course it went wrong. Like, like all of my, <laughs> a lot of my adventures do. And I, I didn't even, I didn't get to the right car park in time. So I had to go to a different car park and meet them coming over a hill, which meant, when they finished their marathon, I still had to get back to the van, and I'd left it on the other side of Penny Fan, which is like a very high, well, pretty high um, Welsh mountain, and I had to run that bit myself. Uh, and unfortunately, I got lost, of course, and ended up somewhere in some other village, and then had to run an extra five or six miles to get back. So I, I made it a thirty-two miler that day. You um, you write in the book in the intro, said so I think um that you needed adventures. You felt like you needed adventures. Um. Did your kind of 50 at 50 challenge, the kind of 50 adventures you went through, what effect did that have on your running? Did it reinvigorate you or do you feel like it's time to take it easy for a bit? I wouldn't say I'm taking it entirely easy because I have a, a 40 miler across quite a lot of the Lake District, um, including Hel- um, Helvellyn. Helvellyn and one that's called something lovely like High Street, which sounds very pleasant, but I'm sure isn't. Um, so that's coming up in April. Was it high style or something? Yeah, it's something, something high. But uh, so I'm doing that in April. But until then, I'm just going to run, um, you know, sort of working up towards the level of fitness I need um, for that, and maybe add another couple of little races in here and there throughout the year. But yeah, I won't be doing anything quite as epic. I'm not sure I've got a hundred miler in me this year, but we'll see. Uh, I would never say never. <laughs> you never know when the adventure is going to come, right? I think that's sometimes the the sort of the, the best thing with these sudden surprises of just like oh I've got an opportunity or sort of a spare weekend that you didn't think you were going to have and you can treat yourself to a little a little adventure away. Do you have to do you have a like a pack ready to go? Like do you, is there a set little kit now that you have that's like by the door in case you need to quickly go off on an adventure? Not not quite as organised as that, but I do have I have like a drawer of things. You know all the all, this, all the strange things they make you carry for races that nobody ever uses, like the whistle and the compass and. And the, uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, the the waterproof jacket and trousers that if you wore them you would drown in your own sweat. That kind of thing. 
So I've got like I've got like a drawer of stuff that's ready to go, but I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's ready to grab and go. <laughs> is there an, is there sort of an invaluable bit of kit that you found that isn't on those lists that you always end up taking with you? Is it like a really good head torch, or is it a pen knife, or something sort of like that? Is that that you've always always make sure you have a scottish fudge or tablet <laughs> oh yeah great something yeah. very sugary a very sugary reward system uh because i've got a very sweet tooth so I, I would say something like that i don't like these gels i mean i do i do take the gels when i have to but um they're really hard to digest these glutinous um, carbohydrate gels um apart from that my, i'm very bad with kit i always have a talk head torch that's way too dull and i and it ends up giving up on me halfway through the race and I end up having to follow someone else's pull of light. Um, I want the best thing I had, I, I, want, I would say, if you're going to go anywhere remote, um, let me see if I can still hear. Yeah, if you're going to go anywhere remote, um, I got myself uh, a Garmin satellite, not a satellite phone, but like a satellite communicator thing. So it, um, it allows you to send an email to... Um, your support person if you've got any line of sight to this particular network which is very helpful uh, and gives you this reassurance that it's all going to be fine that's good <laughs> that's a good tip and um, if people want to find out more about um run for the hell of it Gavin, what where can where can they go where is it available how can people read it um they can get it on amazon um this is uh my um experiment with self-publishing but uh my other two books came out through traditional publishers and for a change i thought i would try this route um, it's getting good reviews so far. Um, got some very nice crits from uh, the likes of Rob Deering and Adharan and Finn and people like that. And I got to I got to run with Adharan and Finn and uh, Richard Asquith. I did their fantastic retreat in uh, Dartmoor, which I would highly recommend. It's near Totnes. Really good. Oh yeah, it's, I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah. That's that, I mean that's one of the adventures that I had was. Um, you know trying to keep up with Taranand he's very fast <laughs> thanks very very much for your time Gavin coming on the Runners World podcast talking about running adventures I love t- chatting to you about it because I think there's a kind of uh, just an unfussiness to the way that you have gone about it and it's kind of it, there's, there's a passion there just for discovering something new so hopefully people listening will uh, will feel that read the book and go on some running adventures of their own yes do it <laughs> you won't regret it so that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast a huge thanks to our guest Gavin Boyter and to you of course for listening you can uh, subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just £5 head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runners World podcast to get this exclusive listener offer and you can listen to the Runners World podcast on Acast, iTunes all your favourite podcasting apps just search Runners World UK and please do subscribe thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week 